I try to find balance also by really putting an emphasis on what's important to me outside of work, right? Because those highs and lows of being an entrepreneur are crazy. And if I emotionally lived by those, oh, I'd be a train wreck. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like my family and my fitness really ground me. And there are things that I do constantly and spend time on every day. And those kind of help to soundproof the, the craziness of work. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, business leader, community activist, difference maker, speaker, author, someone really incredible who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you, the listener, that no matter what you do, no matter where you are, you can make an impact. My guest this week is Steven Eisen. He is the founder and CEO of Loki, the iconic bracelet brand that motivates wearers to stay humble at their highs and hopeful at their lows in life. When Stephen was 19 years old, his beloved grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, an event that brought Stephen to his personal low in life. It was during this time that Stephen turned his pain into his purpose and launched his first product, the Loci Bracelet. Each Loci Bracelet holds water from Mount Everest and mud from the Dead Sea, the highest and lowest points on Earth. Everyone experiences peaks and valleys in life. No matter who you are, no matter your age, race, sexuality, gender, ethnicity, politics, or income, this universal truth binds us in polarizing times, especially when we learn to stay humble at our highs and hopeful at our lows. Stephen currently serves as the youngest member on the national board of the Make-A-Wish Foundation and was named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 for retail and e-commerce in 2017 and was the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Awards finalist in 2016. This is such a good conversation, and I love how Stephen gets really practical in some of the ways that he approaches his business, how he approaches his life. And I asked him all of the logistical questions for how do you get Dead Sea mud and how do you get Mount Everest water? And you will never guess what they do. It's actually pretty cool and pretty interesting. So I know that you're going to love it. Also, I just wanted to let you know that if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, we are just a few weeks away from launching, relaunching the rebranded version of this podcast. I have been working behind the scenes over the last couple of months to make this happen. And the first official episode will be uh, in the first week of January. I will release a business with purpose episode the last week of December that will go all into the rebrand and why we're doing it, what the new name is going to be, what it's going to look like. I am so excited. I've actually already started doing interviews for the new podcast and oh, you are just going to be so pumped about some of the guests I have lined up. I am so excited. So get excited about it. Look forward to it and uh, be sure to tell your friends. But without further ado, on to my conversation today with Steven Eisen. Steven, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for being here. Molly, thank you so much for having me. I have been kind of like, you know, like, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Like loosely following 
internet stalking, I don't know, whatever you want to say, uh, your brand for quite some time now. So to be able to uh, really hear your story and the story behind it is uh, exciting for me. So let's dive in and have you give us the Steve 101. So tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. My name is Steven Eisen. Uh, most importantly, I am a father of two little boys and a husband. After that, I consider myself an athlete and an entrepreneur. Uh, the first company that I started is called Lokai. They're bracelets that hold water from Mount Everest and mud from the Dead Sea in them, the highest and lowest points on earth. And it's a reminder to always stay balanced in life, staying humble when you're on top of the world and hopeful when you've hit a low. Mm. Um, and I came up with the idea for Lokai when I was 19. Uh, I was a freshman in college. And unfortunately, my grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Mm. And he was someone I was very close to growing up. And that news just brought me to a low in my own life. And it just got me thinking about the highs and lows that I was going through and how everyone goes through highs and lows in their life. doesn't matter your age, demographic, income level. We all have them. And so I said, okay, well, what are the highest and lowest points on earth? And how could I take those elements and incorporate them in a product that myself and others could wear every day as a reminder to find balance? Mm, man, that's deep. Also, you got that like 60 second elevator pitch down. I love it. Uh, I've been doing people, it for 13 you've years. You've been doing it for a while. You've been doing it for a while. I, okay. I want to get into all of that because I am fascinated by this, but I, I also like to, because this is who I am and I'm nosy. I like to go back. So were you an entrepreneurial kid? Was that just always how you were? Were you starting uh, like businesses? I always, I, I like to, um, I don't know if I've ever even actually told this story on the podcast before, but my husband is very much an entrepreneur as well. And uh, his first business when he was a kid was selling acorns in his neighborhood. There wasn't quite a market for acorns, but he collected them and he tried to sell them with his cousin. Um, I so I always like to find out like, did you have an acorn selling business or what was your, what was your thing going up? Oh yeah. I mean, my father was an entrepreneur and so was my grandfather in high school. I was, I'm super into woodworking. And so I had a custom wood pen business in high school. Nice. I, I, I made and sold all the products myself. And as a little kid, I was the guy with the lemonade stand and I always wanted to do the yard sales and sell <laughs> everything. So, um, yeah, it's always it's always been a part of me. I love that there was a market and you went to a much more highbrow high school than I did because I don't know if anybody in my high school would have bought a wood custom made wood pen, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was selling them in the stores actually. What? Not, not, yeah, yeah, we were in like 40, 50 stores around Boston. <laughs> okay, this is amazing because here I was like just thinking you're like peddling wood pens a lot in the halls of your high school and you were like wholesaling to retailers. Yeah. Wow, you and I lived a very different high school careers. <laughs> um, well, I uh, so, okay. So you, you said that your grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and, um, obviously that is a, just Alzheimer's dementia. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a devastating diagnosis. And I have so many dear friends and, uh, you know, family members who have walked through this mm -hmm. and it's, it is hard. It's so challenging. And it's one of those diagnoses that, it stings in a different way. 
What was that time like for you and your family? And I assume, obviously, because of the way that, you know, what was born out of this season for you is that you and your grandfather were really close. Yeah, we were incredibly close. And that that news brought me to the lowest point in my life. I mean, at that age, that was the first time that I knew on the in the near future someone was going to pass mm-hmm. that I was close with. And as a as a teenager, that's a very different new experience. It's part of life, but the first time I think is very tough. And, you know, you, you said that that led you to obviously starting Loci. Was, was it, I guess I'm just curious, like what that, that process even looked like for you, where you were just like, I'm going through this really hard thing and to, I'm going to make and sell bracelets that (laughs) have water from the Dead Sea and, or water from Mount Everest and mud mud from the Dead Dead Sea. Sea. Like how, how do you get there? Yeah. I mean, the idea all happened in minutes, Um, but it was me thinking about being on vacation, which was exciting and high point for me. But then the news of my grandfather, although it's like, okay, I'm going through highs and lows. What are the highs and lows points on earth? And then I came up with the idea of doing it as a bracelet because I wanted something you could wear every day, right? A t-shirt, a shirt, like you don't wear the same shirt every day, right? Uh, but jewelry you can. Um, and I told my dad the idea and he said, that's a great idea, but everyone has great ideas. Now go mm. execute it. Ooh. Uh, and so I started by literally Googling like how to find a factory in China and just step by step, I guess when you're young, ignorance is bliss. And uh, I was willing to run through walls to to figure it out and make it happen. Okay, so I I love that because I'm also very, I'm just very fascinated by logistics questions <laughs> and just trying to figure out and navigate the step by step, you know, because you get this idea and then you're like, okay, well, wh- what do I do next? And uh, that's also partly why I like to interview business owners. So you're 19, you're Googling how to find a factory. And I have actual logistics questions as well as to how did you go about acquiring water from Mount Everest and mud from the Dead Sea? Did you like hike up there with some buckets and you're just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab this myself. I legitimately would love to know how you do that. (laughs) Yeah. So the mud is a lot easier to get. Obviously. Because, yes. Because they make a lot of beauty products out of mud from the Dead Sea. Yeah. Right? A lot of face masks. Um, so I was able to find a wholesaler who was willing to sell me mud from the Dead Sea. <laughs> Love uh, it. So, so that one wasn't too hard to find. Yeah. Um, the water from Mount Everest took me a bit of time. Uh, at first, I was calling any phone number in Nepal that I could get a hold of. Um, eventually, I got connected to a climbing group. Uh, like if you wanted to go climb Mount Everest, you wouldn't go by yourself. Right. Like you would you would sign up and pay a company to take you up the mountain uh, with a team of Sherpas. Right. And so we basically employ a team of Sherpas. But instead of taking people up, they just go up, bottle the water and bring it down. Wow. Wow. You employ a team of Sherpas to go up Mount Everest 
and bring it down in bottles of water. I, I, my back hurts like thinking about walking down Mount Everest with bottles of water. That is amazing. And maybe this is a, I don't, maybe this is a, re- a weird question, but again, I'm fascinated by the logistics of this. So, I mean, cause I, I mean, I have a, a beautiful loci bracelet. How much d- goes in the little, I, do you call them beads? Is that what they are? Beads? Yeah, balls? you call them beads. Yeah, beads, yeah, balls. Yeah, the white bead and the white bead. Um, enough to fill them. But yeah. It's, yeah, you, you, we can get a lot of, uh, a lot of bracelets out of, out of a small. Yeah. Buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I just think this is so cool and so fascinating. And obviously so many other people do too, because Lokai has really, uh, has become, you know, very well known. And so what, when you first launched and you got your, you know, your, maybe your prototype of the bracelet, what were those early steps like to begin to market this, get this out there and to become the brand that it is now with over, you know, a million followers on Instagram. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say you you hear the term a lot like, oh, that was an overnight success, right? right? Whether it's Lokai or other brands. But for years, I had a display of product walking around New York City, walking into boutique stores saying, hey, is the manager here? Is the owner here? Like, could I, could I tell them my story and see if you're interested in selling my product? And I got turned down 99 out of 100 times, right? But the one store that said, yes, we'll try it, fueled me to keep going. And every time I told the story, people loved it. Mm. And so I knew that we were truly connecting with people and that there was an emotional attachment to the product. I just needed to figure out how to reach more people and was able to do that through social media which eventually helped us really grow and become a real D2C brand in the early days. Yeah. When you were beginning to, like I said, I I love that image of you just like walking in the stores being like, can I, can I talk to, can I speak to the manager? Um, yeah, that's just, exactly what I did. Yeah. Yeah. The, the hustle of that and the grit and the tenacity that that takes is not something that everybody has. And, but I always am encouraged when I see entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs who are, who, who know that they have something that people are going to want and they just got to, you know, push through. Actually, I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about Scrabble. And when Scrabble was first invented, it was called uh, cross. It was like cross mixed up words, crossed up words, something like that. It was something kind of crazy. And it was this guy that had just like invented this game. This was back in probably like the late 40s. He invented this game. And he's like, I think this is gonna be really popular. I think this is gonna be really fun. And nobody wanted it. So he tried to wholesale it. Nobody wanted it. And um, but then he another guy had played it and was like, Oh, this is fun. Can I can I buy this game? And can I, you know, manufacture this game? And I'll give you the royalties to the guy that originally invented it. He's the one that kind of changed the game a little bit. He changed some of the squares and he renamed it to Scrabble. And he was like, this is going to be it. This is going to be the hit. And he actually sold it to hotels. And so he'd gone into hotels and he said, I think you're going to your guests are going to really like the game. Well, the game flopped. 
and nobody wanted to play Scrabble. But then this is like the early 1950s. And mm. the I think it was the president of Macy's at the time was traveling, was in his hotel room, played Scrabble. And he was like, I love this game. Like everybody, I need this game. Why is nobody buying this game? Why is nobody playing this game? And it was like the president of Macy's. He contacted the manufacturers and he started selling them in Macy's. And then within a few years, you know, it became the you know, I mean, now it's like what the most popular game in the world or something like that. You know, it's Scrabble. Thanks I mean, for sharing. It, I didn't know that story. Isn't that it's a cool a story? story? But yeah. I, I love stories like that and stories like yours where it's like, you know, you have this thing that everybody knows or just this thing that's, that's become very popular and you hear the origin story of it. of like sure. mix, mixed up words or whatever it was called. I can't remember. And of course, I just listened to the podcast this morning and I'm already forgetting all of the details. But it really was the president of Macy's is basically the one that was like, you know what? Scrabble, we're going to make it a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And so what was the, you know, you said social media, was there a, a tipping point in your the social media marketing where it really was like, it just became like wildfire? Yeah, you know, loci, the value of a loci is in the story that people attach of their own highs and lows, yeah. not the physical bracelet itself. Right. And so what we really tried to do was learn about people's stories, whether they their mom had breast cancer mm. or grandfather had Alzheimer's or what it, whatever cause it might be, and reach out to them, celebrities, athletes, influencers, and say, hey, like, we know your story. Loci is about finding balance. We have a loci that supports breast cancer research. Can we send you some? Yeah. And once and and then they organically just started to tell their own story of their highs and lows in breast cancer and the loci and what it meant to them. And it just exploded. We um one of the most important parts of loci is that we donate 10% of profits to charity. And we've donated a uh, little over $9.4 million wow. to different nonprofit organizations since we launched. Well, and I'm so glad that you said that because that was actually going to be my next question for you is, was that a piece of this business that you wanted to implement right away? Or did that come a little bit later? Did you know that this was going to be something that, yes, it was going to be a product that was going to encourage people, help people, help people tell their stories, but also you wanted it to be something that you know, really, you know, created a ripple effect of, of change and of, um, you know, just uh, hope, you know, especially for partnering with different organizations and nonprofits and charities. It came from the very beginning for two reasons. One, I believe giving back is such an important part of finding balance in your own life, right? I think giving yourself a bit of perspective um, as to what you view as your highs and lows and what other people are going through. Yeah. Sometimes it makes your quote unquote issues not, not yeah. feel so big anymore. Um, and so like, yeah, that giving back has always been something that was instilled in me from a very young age with my parents. Um, and, and I think that like people who are part of our community are able to now give back through just buying our products. And second, there were some amazing inspirational companies that I watched growing up like Patagonia. Uh, and I thought to myself, like, why, why make money and then give back later? Like, yeah. Why can't the company 
be doing really great things for the world at the same time. Um, and so, yeah, every company that, that I am a part of also gives back in some way. I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Steven to thank our partner of the show. And that is Mama Suds. I've been a longtime fan and user of Mama Suds products. The head mama, Michelle Smith, has been on the podcast before a couple of years ago. I just adore this company. I love that I'm supporting a mama-owned small business. But what I love most of all is that her products are amazing. We use everything from their all-purpose household cleaner, which you can use on windows, walls, (laughs) toilets, countertops, literally anywhere. It is all purpose. I mean, carpets, anything. I love their Castile soap. I love their laundry soap. I love their toilet bombs. You name it. We've used it. And I'm such a big fan. And I want you to be too. So head on over to mamasuds.com. Use the promo code Molly and that will get you 15% off. That's mamasuds.com. Use the promo code Molly and that gets you 15% off. Now, without further ado, back to my conversation with Steven Eisen. Now you talk a lot, and obviously this is all about what Lokai is about. Uh, and I guess I, I, I did I did you say or did I ask? I don't know. Maybe uh, th- my brain synapses are not fully firing today, so it could be. But um, what does Lokai mean? Why the name? So we changed the spelling a bit, uh, but the inspiration for the word Lokai comes from Lokahi, which is a Hawaiian word uh, which means unity and to blend opposites. Mm. Um, we changed the spelling uh, to kind of make it our own, but that's the origins of it. I love that. So you, again, you talk about finding balance and you talk about these highs and lows and, you know, yes, and and how literally no one is immune to it. doesn't matter your race, your sexuality, your gender, your uh, socioeconomic status. It literally doesn't matter at all. Every, every single person, when you are born on this planet, you're going to have the highs in life and you're going to have the lows in life. And that is also inevitable and uh, a promise in entrepreneurship. And yeah. yeah. So how do you find that balance in entrepreneurship? Because I, I, uh, I saw a meme, like maybe this is probably a couple of years ago, but I saved it because it just, it was like, uh, it just basically looked like a roller coaster and it was like, (laughs) the the joys and of entrepreneurship and it's like this is great and then within the same day it's like i want to quit and throw everything out the window and i'm going to never do this ever again so it's just entrepreneurship is is constantly that so how for you what does what does that look like practically for you when you're having those this is great days and then the days where you're just like i want to throw all of this out and start over <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's um it's so interesting like even though and I think over the years I've gotten a lot better at living the lokai message. Yeah. Um, but but it's hard. Um and I think what's interesting is in some days, like one day, I'll have something amazing happen and something really bad happen. Yep. And you're like, "Whoa, like that's a high and a low in the same day." <laughs> yeah. And, and then other times, like there'll be great months or really bad months or great years and really bad years. So there's also like just going through the highs and the lows and the different waves of it and realizing you'll never really stay at one for too long. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just try to 
I, I try to find balance also by really putting an emphasis on what's important to me outside of work, right? Because those highs and lows of being an entrepreneur are crazy. And if I emotionally lived by those, oh, I'd be a train wreck. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like my family and my fitness really ground me. And there are things that I do constantly and spend time on every day. And those kind of help to soundproof the the craziness of work. And does that like what, on a practical level, does that mean, you know, you're not starting your day without having, you know, gotten your workout in or, or when you're, you know, does that mean you're making sure you're starting your day by reading a book with your kids? Or I mean, how do you do that? When it is so easy for us to get distracted by the emails and the social media notifications and the texts and the calls and the there's so many things that come at all of us. And especially mm -hmm. if you if you're in an entrepreneurial space, what do you do to block those things out and really focus on, OK, here are the things that I need to do to take care of me and what's most important, you know, again, fit, fitness, your family, all that before I get to anything else. Yeah. I live by my calendar. Yeah. So, uh, and I block things out. So, uh, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., it says family time in my calendar. And then from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., it also says family time, kids with dinner and taking a bath and putting them to bed. Yeah. Um, so, like those hours, every day on my calendar are blocked. Right. And so, no one can put meetings and, I do them. Uh, same with same with my workouts. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I just try to not go off the that pace because I know how important getting those things are to my work. Right. If if I don't feel like I've checked or not checked those boxes, but like filled my cup, right, uh, in those parts of my life, I won't be as present at work. I'll be more anxious. So. I know that by doing those things, I'm a better leader and a better CEO as well. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And that's a lesson for really everyone. And that's something that I have, um, I've kind of lived, I've gone through seasons where I have lived and died by my calendar and then times where I have not done great at that. And that is actually something I was telling my husband yesterday because I'm uh, rapidly approaching the deadline for submitting my manuscript for my book uh, on January 13th. And I, I said to him, I said, the last month or so, I have not been able to get as much done as I've wanted to because I've just been distracted by so many other things. And I was like, I know exactly what I have to do. And so I went into my calendar and I blocked off basically every free moment between eight and five between now and January 13th. And I'm like, nope, this is time to write my book. And then I also put on there when I'm going to work out and when I'm going to like how I'm going to not allow the minutia and the things that don't matter to distract from the thing that I know is most important that I get done right now. Um, you know, and also to not let you know, my family suffer or my, my, you know, health and wellness and uh, my walk with the Lord. Like, I don't want any of those things to suffer. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, sometimes you have to just put yeah. it on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Focus. Yes. Yes. Well, what is on the horizon for Loki, uh, you know, kind of in the near future and the, maybe in the distant future, what are you working on right now? Yeah. You know, we, uh, we launched a membership program 
uh, where every month uh, our members get a different designed loci that inspires balance in a different way, just uh, keeping the message top of mind for people, giving them different perspectives at how they look at balance. Uh, and then we're really we're just working on building more of a community uh, with with the people that are members and uh, a support system through for people that are going through highs and lows. Mm. That's so, so fun. Uh, well, I am really excited to share that for people that are listening, uh, we have a coupon code for you, a promo code. So you can go to loki.com. That's L-O-K-A-I.com. And you can use the promo code podcast 15, and that will get you 15% off your order on loki.com. And I'm just saying it's December 7th. There's still time to order some stocking stuffers, you know, some, some end of year gifts and I love that, you know, you have uh, bracelets for men, for women. So you really you can I mean, kids, you can get them for anybody on your list. Yeah, everyone. We have we have in uh, different licenses. So if you got a, a sports fan in your family, we have uh, NFL, MLB, NBA uh, low guys. We have Disney, Marvel, Star Wars. I, ones. I saw the uh, the Mickey Mouse ones, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. these are fun!" Uh, yeah. yeah, so many fun ones. Yeah, it, the, all different colors, and yeah, I love the licensed ones. So uh, this is a great opportunity for you to try them out. Again, I'm going to say that one more time. It's lokai.com. L o k a i, l o k a i. I got to say that three times fast.com and use the code podcast 15 and that will get you 15% off. Um, well, Steven, this is the portion of the show where we transition just a little bit and we ask some fun, get to know you questions. So Steven, are you ready for the get to know you round? I'm ready. All right. So question number one is what has made the biggest impact on you in the past year? Definitely my children. Hmm. And so how old are they? I have a three and a half year old and a two year old. Love it. Love it. I will say, I mean, again, my kids are six and nine. My one of my favorite ages is the 18 month to like three range. There's something about that age. One, they still I mean, yes, there's also there's the, you know, the terrible twos, although I'll say three is really like more a little bit challenging than two because two I just feel like that they're sponges they're just constantly learning new words constantly learning new phrases they're funny like their personalities are really starting to come out and the things they say are funny but then they also have that still that sweet like they want to snuggle you and they want to play and totally oh it's the best (laughs) I'm like I miss I look back at videos and pictures of my kids at that age and I'm just like, oh, like time is the worst <laughs> um okay question number two is obviously I know you're an entrepreneur I know you're a dad you're a husband you are uh really into fitness what is something I would never guess about you Ooh, hmm that's a great question I love woodworking yeah, that is good. So what do you do? Obviously, you're, are you making pens still or do you do something different now? No, I make uh, I haven't in a while. I've been a bit busy, but uh, sculptures, furniture. Um, luckily, my father-in-law is also into woodworking. I know that's crazy uh, and a coincidence. And he is a uh, wood shop in his garage. So uh, I'm still very close to it and get to just build stuff 
in my free time. That's awesome. My so I'm not into woodworking. So as this probably comes as a shock to no one. Um, although I do a lot of things that are a shock to people, um, considering I live on a farm. Um, but my dad likes to do kind of woodworkings. He actually, we had a, a cedar tree that my husband had to cut down last year. And my dad, we, we have a sawmill here. And so my, my husband planked some of the cedar. And so my dad was like, Hey, can I have some of that wood? And my dad ended up making this beautiful Adirondack chair out of that cedar. And he had some scrap cedar left over. And he calls me the other day. He was like, Hey, my dad's 78, by the way. And so my dad's like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm home. Like I always am. (laughs) He said, I'm going to stop by. I have something for you. And so he had some of this scrap wood left over from when he made that Adirondack chair. And my dad like made this beautiful manger scene, like nativity scene for as a Christmas decoration out of the remaining cedar. I mean, it's like I'm talking where we're hand we're we're talking carved like baby Jesus in a manger. I was like, Dad, wait how'd you learn how to do this? It's That's so, awesome. I know. I know. And then my father-in-law worked at the same furniture company for like 35, almost 40 years, retired a couple years ago. And he took up woodworking in his retirement. So like my father-in-law like is now doing these little like market shows and trade shows selling his, his wares. Whoa. And just like I said to my husband, I was like, what are the odds that both of our dads are like doing stuff with wood in retirement? <laughs> Um, so anyway, I love it. Okay. Question number three is what was your favorite TV show to watch growing up? I mean, I don't know about like growing up as a young kid, but the two, two of my favorites were the wire. Ooh. Yeah. And and then I loved lost. (sighs) Loved lost. We are, we're meant to be friends, Steven. Lost is one of my favorite shows of all time that I still to this day, like mourn the end of it. And I am kind of teetering on is my daughter old enough to start showing her lost and have really my husband's like I think she's not quite old I'm like I think she is she's almost 10 she'll be fine and he's like what about like the smoke monster and there's some stuff in there I was like it'll be fine we should watch it (laughs) that's amazing so good okay who's your favorite lost character oh um what's his name a curly haired guy obviously Hurley yeah, Hurley. Hurley. Yeah. Yeah, it's Hurley. I mean, they're all they're all good, but there's something about Sawyer and his like nicknames for everybody and his just the his character arc from who he was at the beginning to who he was at the end. So good. Okay. Anyway, we could go off on a whole tangent and just talk about Lost. Um, all right. Last question. This is the question I ask all of my guests, and that is Steven, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? It means having a team that feels fulfilled about what they do in their career, helping others, uh, and also building a successful business that grows. Yeah. So good. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. And I can't wait to see how Lokai continues to grow and impact so many people. Molly, thank you so much for having me. Loved this conversation with Steven. So good. Don't forget to go to lokai.com, L-O-K-A-I.com. Use that code podcast15 to get you 15% off your order. 
I want to know what you loved about this episode. Let us know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And would you take a moment to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen? And would you click that subscribe or follow button? And would you take a moment to leave a review? Doing that is totally free and is really helpful because it helps us to grow the show. I'm so thankful for you and your support. And I'm thankful to the team at Third Wheel Media for all they do each week to help me get this show out there because I could not do it without them. Now for you, as always, go do something good with purpose on purpose.